You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the verse to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man. But you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to AV Underground, the show where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator. I'm your host, Josh Needham. Hi, I'm MJ Watson. How are we doing? Doing dandy. So jump right into it this week. So uh, what have you been up to? How have things been? Uh, uh, hmm. I don't know if they've been bad. It's just, it's been a lot of, it's been, a, okay. It, like I said earlier, it's been a lot of the whole, like the sports world's kind of in like a week period of point. So I've been doing a lot of like focusing content creation wise, not on what I'm doing as a content, but as like ways to per, like improve my podcast in general, where it be audio, whether it be segments, whether it be whatever it is. But what I'm finding is that <laughs> it's incredibly, it, this, this point is a, is a rather frustrating point because it's just like you you feel like you can come up with so many ideas right when you're not thinking about it but then like when I'm at work like you know just packing boxes doing whatever and I'm trying to think of like okay what are some like well let's brainstorm some shit for a podcast nothing not like nothing new's coming to me nothing like how I can I know there are things I can improve but I like keep looking at my podcast and I'm just like mm, I'm looking at the wrong things to improve. I'm being like, huh, I've got to I've got to improve my intro a little bit, not being like, oh, how can I how can I stretch out a five minute segment into like a 15 minute segment and make it more engaging, entertaining. So it's just kind of I'm kind of I don't want to say too frustrating because I'm not like banging my head against the wall, but like I'm in a and I'm I'm in a frustrating brainstorming period right now. I think it functions similarly to uh, when you're trying to get in shape. How like the first 10 pounds drop like nobody's business and then you kind of plateau for a little bit and mm-hmm. you have to push yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like that. You started off podcasting and it was really strong, really rapid. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, did I run out of ideas? Is the well dried up? Yep. And it's really just kind of messing around and finding what uh, what brings you back into and it. And I feel and I feel it's not just what's it's kind of like making it a little bit more frustrating. It's not just for my podcast that's doing it. It's for AV Underground as well. It's like it's like. Like you said, AV, coming up with ideas for AV Underground used to literally like take me like 20 minutes. I used to like, just be sitting there thinking and then I'd just be like, huh, text it to you. You'd be like, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll do that. And now it's like it's like the same thing now. It's like it's like we're kind of plateaued. I don't want to say plateau because there's so many other shit we can talk about. We just haven't discovered it yet. And that's the frustrating part. It's just like it's like we're we have to we have to push ourselves to discover that. But, you know, it's, it's frustrating sometimes. It's hard. It doesn't come easy. That's why it's frustrating. But yeah, that's that's it's basically my life with content creation for the last three weeks. Now that I think about it, it's just been it's rough, especially when life gets in the way. Yeah, and you feel like you don't have because I found that I often got to a point where I wasn't like pushing anything forward as far as my content goes because I was working and I get home from work and I'd have school and I get home from both of those things. And I'm like dead. I had <clears throat> I had a long day. The last thing I want to be doing right now is working on more stuff. I'm going to just like I gave myself the excuse to sit down, relax and take a day off, which became a week off, became, <laughs> you know, so a lot of it, it got to that point, like I'd mentioned before, where I'm like, I run a YouTube channel that doesn't put out videos. Yeah, I'm more focused on like my logo and branding and social media. What am I doing? Yeah, focusing on the wrong things. Right. So, but like, and that's the thing too. It's like, it just, that bothers you so much because like the thing about focusing on the wrong things is you don't realize you're focusing on the wrong things until like you've either done something, you've either made a change or you've done something and then you're like, shit, (laughs) you're like, you, you finally see it and you're like, you realize just it's the eureka moment of like, I was looking at the wrong thing and it's just, but again, and that like, and that bothers you. And also it kind of like leads you when you're in this point of being like, well, I have to really make sure I'm thinking about the right thing or I won't know what I'm talking about, or I'll, I'll have that moment of being like, I, I'm talking about the wrong thing on this podcast, or I improved the wrong thing. I mean, it's been like content creation wise for me, it's been years now. Cause I mean, I started the YouTube channel in 2014 as just that a YouTube channel. I don't really do YouTube anymore. 
I mean, I've completely shifted from there, but I bounced back and forth so much over these last few years to try and find something that stuck. And I went back and forth from like, oh, maybe I'll do vlogs. Maybe I'll do Let's Plays. Now, I'm not much of a Let's Player. I'd rather do content that, you know, not everyone else on YouTube is doing. Okay, well, maybe I'll do a vlog because that's partially me. Yeah, I'm not really good on camera, though. And it was a lot of trying things and then telling myself I'm not good at them and then just letting that be. (laughs) Uh, Like when we first started doing Twitch streaming, I figured we're just going to use Twitch for purposes of extra life because extra life and twitch right. twitch sponsors extra life and or powers extra, i don't know what you want to call it but they they're on board with extra life charity so i was like we'll just we'll just use twitch for that and we'll do youtube stuff the rest of the year and then that became well how about let's try live streaming on twitch and i realized that okay live streaming is not something that i want to do on my own i'd rather do it with friends right uh, because I'm not great with engaging an audience. I can't like, there's too much anxiety and pressure in live streaming solo, especially if it's a game that I'm new at or whatever. How do I engage with the chat? What do I do if someone comes in and is like being obnoxious? Like, how do I handle it's so much? It's so overwhelming. I'm, I'm just not cut out for live broadcast is what I told myself. Uh, now here we are. <laughs> and the, the two things I'm focusing on are podcasting and my Twitch streams. Right. And exciting news. So last Saturday, we had recorded AV Underground. We recorded Never Made Varsity twice because we had audio (laughs) issues. And then afterwards, like it got to be later on that night. I'm like ready to hop into some Elder Scrolls online with some buddies. And then my phone goes bing. And I'm like, what? I got an email. And when, when, when I export videos from Twitch to YouTube to like archive them, um, the email pops up and it just shows up on my watch as Twitch, Twitch. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I got an email that says Twitch, Twitch. And I'm like, that's really strange because I didn't export a video. You did Is something wrong? Yeah. Did someone try and break my account? Um, so, of course, I'm paranoid as all get out. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to go check my email right now. Hold on, guys. I'm going to hop into ESO in a minute. So I go check the email. We've been invited to be affiliate. Hell yeah. So we are now officially... Uh, yeah, Dude Gamers is official Twitch affiliate. Woo-hoo. Which is step one on the path yeah. to partner. Now... Twitch affiliate is relatively, I don't want to say easy, but it's easier, much easier to reach than partnered. Right. So with Twitch affiliate, you know, I get benefits of like now we have a subscribe button so people can pay money to subscribe to us and that'll unlock emotes or emojis, whatever you want to call them for people based on what tier you're subscribing on. Uh, I'm actually meeting up with artist Joe Blay after this podcast to discuss the design of some emotes because that'll be cool. He does some of my favorite art, let's face it. And like. I love to to throw money at artists to help further my own thing. So it's like everyone benefits. But only uh, only two time recurring guest Joe Blay. Yeah, on this show. Yeah, exactly. He's like a very a very much a recurring guest on a lot of other things. I, I know. Yeah. So, uh, and there's like a slew of other things that it allows me to do that I'm still figuring out. Like people can now cheer with bits, which I was like, what are bits? So it's a it's basically a Twitch currency. Um, mm-hmm. one bit is one cent basically. Okay. So a hundred bits is a dollar. And the way that they work it is like, say you wanted to buy 500 bits, it'll cost you around like $6 and some change because that overhead above the $5 is what t- Twitch is pulling for revenue when people buy bits. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, you spent $6, you got 500 bits, you come into my stream, you drop 500 bits on me. Now I've essentially made $5 off that transaction, which is awesome. Plus That's you cool. get, you get a badge depending on how many bits you cheer which is pretty neat. That's and this neat. is like really neat graphic pops up. And okay, so I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm amused by way too many things. I'm a simpleton, if, if you will, <laughs> that uh, I've realized this about we, you. we were streaming Life is Strange, our first affiliate stream on Monday. And my buddy Cecil pops in from the GNA podcast, shout out to Cecil, uh, pops in and cheers one bit because you can go on Twitch, you can watch ads in exchange for getting a couple bits here and there. It, I mean, it's nothing I'm going to retire on, right. but that's not the goal here. The goal here is I want this stream to be as fun as it possibly can be. Um, he comes in, he cheers one bit. So he's the first bit I've ever got. I'm like, dude, I'm going to hang that bit on the wall. I'm going to like find a way to print it out or forge it or something. And it's going to hang up on my wall like the first dollar you earn kind of thing. Yeah, of course. But it's my first bit. And the graphic pops up and it spins around. And I was like, oh, my God, a bit. <laughs> I freaked out, dude. It was it was that's, great. It's a great moment. And then he got a badge for cheering one bit. And then like the next stream we had, um, <laughs> we were talking about it last night on Twig uh, where – Sarah Ra Zombie, our co-host, our I say co-host, our host, one of our hosts for yeah. this week in gaming. She's in the streams a lot. She's a moderator for our streams because I had to start assigning mods mm-hmm. because people need to be able to handle things when I 
can't get to a like I can't get to manage the chat fast enough kind right. of thing. Um, and she was like, I'm kind of in like a silent competition with Static Crowbar that like I don't know if he's aware of, where you know he he's like top ranking right now on views because I also have a system on Twitch where every ten minutes you're watching me live, you gain ten tokens. And that just stat, or maybe it's one. To- I don't know how many tokens it is. It might be two. It's a small amount of tokens, right? But ba- you don't have to pay money for those. That's not like bits. It's just like the time you're watching. It's basically giving you tokens. And I want to make prizes that you can cash those tokens in for eventually. But for right now, it's just ranking people up on our scoreboard. And Static Crowbar is holding the all-time monthly and weekly top <laughs> spots because he's always in our streams, right? Like him and his family just make a, a night of it. They'll come by and the whole crowbar family's watching. So shout out to the crowbar family. You guys Hell are yeah. awesome. And uh so he cheered a hundred bits. So he now he's got they have a top three atop on the very top of the chat of who's cheered the most. So his name pops up with this gold badge. Yep. First place, hundred bit cheer. Cecil's right behind him. And then Sarah goes, I can't be outdone by static. <laughs> she only had five bits, so she cheers the five, so she drops in second place and puts Cecil down in third. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a, guys, you don't have to throw things at me, but like we got a war it's going also on. super fun. Yeah, no, so, exactly. That is I didn't know that Twitch is doing that. So that's like a super neat way. Like, I'm actually thinking I might we've had a you know, Twitch streamers can accept tips through PayPal. I didn't know that either. Um, I a lot of people call them donations, but the way that PayPal handles donations versus the way they handle tips is different. Donations are like 501c3 charity organizations. Uh, if you're listening to this actually and you're like an aspiring Twitch streamer and you're looking to set up your um, like a PayPal so that you can get tips and stuff, I highly recommend doing it through Streamlabs if you're not because it'll actually get set up the proper way. Whereas if you want to make a button from PayPal and you go make a donate button on PayPal, they don't tax that, mm. which sounds great because you're like, I but. don't get taxed on these. But they count as tips because they're not donating right. to a tax deductible 501c3 charity organization. You have to set it up as a tip. That's why I just ran the whole thing through Streamlabs. And, but because there's so many issues with streamers have had issues before where people to troll on them. Like say you're streaming. I come into your stream and I want to be a total D-bag. So I drop a $2 donation, which you're like, wow, $2 donation. Great. Thanks. And then – I basically go out and file that I want to charge back because I didn't actually intend to donate that money. I didn't know what I was doing. PayPal does the charge back. So now I get my $2 back, but you're not just out the $2 that I spent. You're also out a charge back fee. Right. So now I'm essentially not taking money from you, but I'm causing you to lose money to PayPal. So like no one wins in this situation, but people do it. So I'm like, maybe I'll just, I got rid of my, my uh, tip button and I'm like, maybe I'll just run exclusively on bits. Because as a Twitch affiliate, they have in their their little thing that apparently Twitch affiliates are protected by Twitch from chargebacks. But I believe that is restricted to subscriptions and bit usage, not to tips. Okay, that makes sense. So because they don't really have like they're not going to hire lawyers and argue the case with PayPal for you. Exactly. And there's a lot that goes on in the Twitch community, I found, with people keeping chat records and everything so that when someone does try to do a chargeback, they're like PayPal doesn't always side on the side of the person doing the chargeback and just assume that they're right. If you can prove that they went and like, you know, notably donated, they're like, Hey, I thought you deserved this. I donated $20. And they say that in the chat and then they try and do a chargeback and you prevent, present that information to PayPal. They're like, okay, no, you obviously yeah, yeah. intended to do this. Screw you. You're not getting your money back. You're, you're what we call a scammer. Right. So there's that. I've also realized that people have a tendency. There's like some commands that you can do in the Twitch chat that, will change the color of your um, chat text, like your name and your text, which is neat, I guess, but people will go into people's chats and make it so everything is orange Mm. for theirs. And that in itself isn't disruptive, but what they do is they put like um, T Biggles has donated $500. And so it pops up and it looks like it's being a notification because of how it's formatted. It's not a notification. And the only way to really combat that is, A, ignore them. <laughs> yeah. But if you're new to the whole game, you're like, you're not aware. Oh, I was notified. And then you realize, I don't have anything set up to notify me. Right? Right. Like, then, so, you, then you just sit there and you're like, oh, damn. Because I have Streamlabs, <laughs> which is actually set up to notify me if someone were to donate, if they throw bits, whatever it is. And uh, I'll wait till it pops up there now. Because I'm like, I don't want, we had someone during our Extra Life charity stream last year that popped in and fake donated over $1,000. 
And I'm like, why would you fake donations to charity? That's yeah, just, that's like, low. You're just like, that's just trash, dude. That's trashy shit to do. It is. So it's like, well, anyway, so yeah, well, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on with the well, Twitch affiliate. Well, it's, it's exciting that you got this Twitch affiliate because I feel like that's, that's going to be one of the focuses on this episode that I wanted to get into is your experience with Twitch in general. Because I feel like we've been talking a lot about it over the last few weeks, but well, not a lot, but we've been, we've been bringing it up more and more as we've been going on, as you've been getting more into streaming. And we talked about it on this podcast before how you went through that period of time you streamed. It was every day for a month, correct? Uh, no, that was... Okay, so I did YouTube every day for a month. Oh, All okay. seven days of the week Okay, for a solid month. That was February. That was murder. We did uh, the summer of 2016 between spring and fall semesters. Uh, the Twig crew, basically, and myself... Uh, so Jeff, Sarah, and myself, we all did a live stream every weeknight at 10 p from 10 p.m. Right, to right, right. So Monday through Friday, and then we take the weekends off because we were doing the podcast. So, or except for Fridays, Fridays we took off. So it was like Monday through Thursday or something like that. Uh, we were doing every night at 10. So we'd like work. Jeff and I were both working at Dunks. We get out of Dunks at nine. We'd come home. We'd prep up and we'd do a stream. Uh, our audio quality wasn't great back then. Our overlays weren't great back then. Like a lot of stuff that we were doing just really wasn't um, visually or audibly appealing at that point. But it was super fun. Yeah, right. And we had a couple people that would hop in and be like our regulars. But I feel like we were at a point back then where we didn't have uh, as much experience, I guess, as entertainers that we do now. So we weren't sure what to talk about, what to say. We talked to the chat a little bit. Um but otherwise, I think a lot of the reason we weren't very successful was just like people would pop in to say hi or see what we were playing, what we were doing. And we were not saying anything really. <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe they just looked at the overlay and went, this is ugly. I'm not being here. Or maybe that was the audio issue. Yeah, could be we were right. running lavalier mics through that little like Max Demars audio board. I hate anything lavalier. I hate. I just. So I, I think now we have up. the benefit of even if we don't have a camera up for most of my streams now. Uh, I am trying to, so, but the audio quality has gotten a lot right. better because we've upgraded a lot of the equipment and I'm really excited with where things are going with our streams now. Well, that, so that brings me to this and I feel like we spent last week's episode like kind of interviewing each other because we hadn't interviewed each other, but this is more asking, you've, you've basically been through it now where you, you twitched, you tried, you tried streaming and you, it was YouTube I confused it with, but you did do streaming for a little bit and then you took a break from streaming and then you've gotten back into it as you have recently and now you're affiliate. So you've kind of gone, you've kind of gone through the ebbs and flows of like getting into streaming, at least the early parts of it. So basically my, my question here to you is like, did you, did you take any lessons away from that early, early streaming time or did you take a lesson away from the time in between that helped you a lot streaming now that has gotten that <laughs> that has helped you get to the point that you are now i mean not so much uh a lot of see i find when we were doing that really long stint where we were streaming every single night i figured like maybe we're not getting people in because we're not letting people know we're live maybe we're just not that interesting maybe the audio quality is garbage maybe we're streaming too late at night like there was a lot of stuff that i was like yeah but it's really fun to hang out for two hours and play video games with jeff and sarah so like if nothing else i have that which was you know, super fun. But when you do something like when I did the YouTube thing where I was doing a video every day for a month and you don't see a lot of turnaround from that, it's a little disheartening. Uh, it wasn't so bad on Twitch just because like my intentions weren't to get affiliated. I didn't even really know what that was at, at that point. At that time, yeah. I just wanted to live stream and like try and build an audience, build a community. And I think a lot of what has helped me recently is the fact that I got into Discord in my last semester mm -hmm. uh, because my buddy Scott Pluskanka was like, hey, hop into my Discord server, be a moderator. And I was like, I don't know what a Discord <laughs> is or how you run a server or anything, but I'll jump into it. I jumped into it and I was like, how have I not used this service before? It's so good. So I made my own server. I am kind of mimicked the setup of his which I realized later did not work for me at all. And I've spent right. a lot of time tailoring my server to be what it is. And I really feel like a lot of my success that I've had recently on tw uh, Twitch is a lot tied into uh, the Discord server. Because now it's not like I don't just show up on like three nights a week and stream. And then like people are just like, okay, well, I can pop in and watch them live if I have the time. A lot of the reason where I'm doing variety games now 
which is another different thing. Um, we did a variety of games back when we used to stream, but a lot of what we did was long, long form RPGs. So the longest stint we had, we did 40 something episodes, I think, or no, 20, 20 to 30 episodes of which it, each episode's two hours long. Cause I consider an episode a night of streaming. We did 20 some odd of those for tales of graces F because it's a 45 to 50 hour game, depending on if you know what you're doing or not. And we beat the game, which was wonderful, but it took us like a month to do. So during that entire time, like if anyone's not interested in Tales of Graces F, they're not right. watching. Exactly. A lot of people can't find us because Tales of Graces isn't something that's like ranked anywhere within the top 30 on Twitch. You know, it's way off in the bottom. And if people hopped in and they were chatting with us for a while and decided we're kind of boring, I don't want to know more about these people, then they don't bother sticking around. Whereas now with Discord and with variety streaming, which has been one of those things I've been warned against with Twitch. If you go online, you go on YouTube and you look up tips for getting started on Twitch. A lot of people are going to tell you, don't bother being a variety streamer. Uh, find a game you love to play that's not ranked top 10 on Twitch. So find something that's 11 to 30. So it's still top ranks, but you don't, it's not oversaturated. You don't have like Ninja competing with you. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of their, their pro tips is find something in this range that you like to play and then play that, but then stick to that. Because that's how people are going to know what you're playing. I don't and I'm like, I, I can't marry myself to a game. I just, yeah, I've never been able to Because you, you run into problems with that, too. I've, I've seen plenty of streamers that started playing Overwatch, played Overwatch for a very long time. And then something new came out or the paradigm shifted, whatever the case may be. Like when Fortnite Battle Royale yeah, yeah. came out. And a lot of people shifted to Fortnite. And, you know, you get a handful of people that are like, screw you. You're not playing Overwatch anymore. I'm out. And they'll leave which kind of sucks, but then you're, you're left with the people who are actually there for you. Right. <clears throat> I find, or at least I feel like I'm starting to, although on a smaller scale, we're kind of working through the same process with, we're doing story-based, story-driven, decision-based games. So, you know, Wolf Among Us, Detroit Become Human, Life is Strange, Adventures of Captain Spirit. Eventually for Halloween, we're going to be doing um, Until Dawn. So, you know, it's almost like watching a movie because what watching movies with friends is fantastic. Watching a movie with friends that you can control even better, <laughs> in, in my opinion. And I'm finding ways to integrate like polls into the chat. So if we have like a tough decision we have to make, I can put a poll up and the chat yeah. can help decide what we do so they can feel like this isn't just me playing a game. This is us playing a game. And I think that interaction helps a lot with retaining people in the stream because I feel like now it's something you can put up on your TV and you can sit at home with the family. you got like, you know, your phone for the text chat or whatever. And, you know, you can sit down and relax. And we're not streaming for like eight hours. Right. We're, it's, we're, it's not like we're full time with it. So we stream for a couple hours. So you don't feel like I'm just I don't. How do I put it? I feel like that way people know I'm not trying to disrespect their time and be like, oh, if you want to see the rest of this story, you're going to have to stick around for a while. It's different if you're doing something like Rainbow Six Siege, where there's not a story going on. It's just people will pop in to watch you play some rounds and they can feel like, all right, I can hop out. I'm done with my conversation. Yeah, yeah. We're done here. Same thing with Fortnite. They benefit in that way because streamers can be live for a lot longer and gain more viewers over that time that will potentially follow, subscribe cheer with bits whatever, whatever the case yeah. is um whereas we only stream for a couple hours a few nights a week which is what i can handle right now working almost full i'm gonna say working full time because with the travel included i'm over 40 hours yeah pretty much but so essentially working full time and then streaming as well and doing three podcast productions like it's a lot of work but it's all work that i love doing and i'm trying to keep that balance i feel like if i were to push more um streaming hours out I'm going to start not enjoying myself. Right. Um, so, you know, I just started doing because we got affiliated. I wanted to add another day. So I'm adding Fridays, casual Fridays. And that's probably just going to be me playing ESO with some friends and live streaming it and talking with the chat. That's going to be a, one of my like my Fortnite equivalent, I guess. Yeah. So people can pop in and out because they're not necessarily going to follow ESO's story. I feel like we just need more casual sh stuff like that. Because I feel like that's like with something like like you said earlier in the whole tip, like people talking about like focusing on one game and making that your niche. I feel like that I get that, but I feel like that also ruins like that whole idea of being able to casually play a video game. And I feel like we need more of that. So I don't think that I don't, I view that. I feel like your casual Friday streams could be a very good one because it's just, it's just you playing a game with your friends, how it's meant to be. 
Exactly. And I think it'll be it'll give us a little variety too. Because if I do like ESO on my weekends or whatever, and I actually stream it when I'm playing with friends, first off, I did a test on Thursday to see if I could do it because I was really concerned that my computer wouldn't handle running ESO because I've been running it on full capacity. Hmm. It looks beautiful. Um, and also be streaming it because my GPU is what's running the encoding process. I'm not doing it on the processor. Right. So I was like, I'm going to burn my chip is what I'm going to do. It's not, it's not, I'm not like running a 1080 Ti here. I'm, I'm running an older NVIDIA chip. Um, but I found if I don't have the water effects maxed out, I can actually have the game look really nice and stream consistently. So I'm like, this is nice. <laughs> so, but if I'm doing that, ESO is ranking, I think within the top 30 Twitch games, but not within the top 10. So the 11 to 30 realm. So I'll be a little more easily discoverable. And we do enough like goofy shit, but also serious stuff to, I think, pull in a decent audience. And that's going to be a lot of it, right? Is like finding people that accidentally stumble into your stream. They like your personality. They like what you're about. And so they follow you. Now that they're following you, if they turn on notifications, now they may not have found me before when I'm streaming Life is Strange because that's not a huge game on Twitch right now. Or, you know, Wolf Among Us or things like that. They may have just found me because I'm streaming ESO, but they like what we're about, what our community is about. And then they see I go live on Monday, finishing up Life is Strange or starting another game. And they go, yeah, I'll check this out. Yeah. And so now they're hopping into other streams as well, and they can kind of get a variety out of it. But at the same time, if it's something that they're like, I only want to watch this guy when he's playing ESO, that's fine. Just stop yeah. in on Fridays. You know, then you don't need to worry about the rest of the week. Just know that we're going live on Friday. <laughs> Hop in, chat. But I also like that the end of my streams, I can be like tying back to the Discord thing I was talking about. End of my streams, I'm like, all right, well, that's all the time I have for tonight. It's been really great. Thank you guys for stopping by. If you want to continue the conversation, there's a link in the description below that will bring you to our Discord community. So if you want to join in on Discord, hop in and continue the conversation over there, you can do that. So and then you start seeing a couple people here and there will hop into Discord. And I feel like we have I've spent a lot of time slowly building my community to tie into when we interviewed Josh Foreman and how he mentioned, you know, I, we had asked him like, have you ever thought about streaming something like Fortnite just to pull on more followers? And he was like, no, cause they're not the type of people that I want to be pulling into my community. I want the people who are really hardcore into the, like, the creative stuff who are into the kind of stuff that I'm doing. And I feel like it's very much the same way with me. I've spent so long cultivating the community that we have in discord and on twitch that you know i'm not so worried anymore about people coming in and trying to troll everyone on the discord server because i feel like our community is so strong and so understanding of how we function that you know they're going to start feeling like if you come in and you try and troll anyone on my on the discord you're either going to get blocked and banned by one of the moderators uh, depending on how bad you're being or if you're just being straight obnoxious like people are going to call you out like <laughs> can you not be obnoxious like dude chill out like we're pretty relaxed we're a really relaxed bunch we're like the if you would imagine like the 20 to 30 year olds just chilling out in a basement like party basement and they're just like trying to relax but then the 16 year old kid comes in and is like just trying to be edgelord and then everyone's like dude that's not really cool man it's kind of like that yeah that's, that's our community we're just like really relaxed talking about games whatever and every now and then we go a little a little nuts. But I mean, I, I feel like it's a small community right now, but it's growing yeah. by the week. And well, I mean, the Twitch, the Twitch affiliate is the sign of that. Yeah, it which is, is amazing. Um, and I also feel like I'm starting to get more attention because of the affiliate affiliation now where, you know, people are really upset with YouTube's algorithm because even like some of the big creators are like, I can't get my stuff seen by the people who actually subscribe to me. So now they've had to introduce other things like sponsorships and the notification button. And sometimes the notification button doesn't work. And like people are just really upset with YouTube about yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I feel like with the affiliate program now, there's a lot of stuff in the contract for affiliate. Like I did read through the contract as we talked about with Scott. Like I read through the thing because I need to know what I'm getting into before I just sign my life away. Because there are a lot of people on YouTube as well that say, don't join Twitch affiliate. Here are the reasons why. And I, I've checked a few of them out and I'm like, you're just stating what's in the contract. Yeah. There are stipulations like when I do a live stream, I end a live stream, say midnight on Wednesday. I can't. What I was doing was just I'd click export to YouTube. It would hit YouTube that night and I'd publish it live the next day. No longer can we do that. Um, we have to wait. There's a 24 hour period 
that Twitch has exclusive rights to your content. Huh. Okay. It's only 24 hours. Yeah. I'm like, like that's like big freaking deal. Like that's a good marketing strategy and, anyway because right. I want to <laughs> draw people to Twitch so they can see it live. Yeah. I'm not a YouTube content creator anymore. Like my stuff gets exported there for archive purposes, but I'm I'm more into the broadcast and live content creation than I am now with pre-recorded edited content creation. So as far as video goes, I mean, obviously audio, here we are running my third podcast this week. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but I feel like, you know, Twitch put the bar pretty low for joining in as an affiliate. There are four criteria you need to meet. One is like you need to stream a certain number of days in the last 30 days. You need to stream a certain number of hours over the last 30 days. You need to have a certain number of followers, which I think was like 50 was the bar, which is not not easy, but also not terribly yeah, difficult. Exactly. And the fourth one that was the one that was the hardest for me was having an average of three people in chat every stream. So that was relatively like it took some time to do because, like I said, you want to build up the the community that's actually going to show up and want to watch you. You have to really like hone your entertaining skill set. And then the our next step is to shoot for partnered. That is going to take a lot more time, six months to a year easily, maybe more. I don't know. I don't know with the because, like I said, we're growing slowly. But the quality, I think, of our community is what really like what brings people in. Right. You know, someone joins in chat and the whole chat's going like, hey, welcome to the stream. So and I've seen a lot of really good streamers that have, you know, our partnered status that have an amazing community. I've seen some with toxic communities. <laughs> yep. I don't want to be that one with the toxic community. Right. I want people to come in here like I had a bad day at work. I'm going to go home and watch this stream. Even if you're not watching for me playing the game, you just want to hop in and have a live conversation with the community. Have me be like, hey, how was your day? I'm sorry it was a rough day. Like, let's just chill out, talk about video games, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, to get partnered, it's the same kind of thing. You need to have a certain number of hours, which is a higher number of hours out of the last 30 days. You need to have a higher number of days throughout those last 30 days of individual days of streaming. Um, you need to have, I think it's over like a hundred or a couple hundred followers. But the hardest part of it was um, you need to have consistently on average 75 people in chat, which I understand because partnered is the highest tier right now. Right. Once you're partnered, that's basically like the cusp of Twitch is now my full-time job. Okay. Not necessarily that it will be, because a lot of that still depends on your ability to entertain a crowd and draw people into the point where they want to drop bits on you. They want to subscribe to you, whatever it is, because that's where you're going to earn your revenue. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, too, with Twitch, like the five dollars that it costs for a, a subscription. That's basically split in half where Twitch, Amazon, the parent company for Twitch, will pull, takes half of that revenue. You get half of that revenue. There's the whole tax thing where right, right, right. out of that half of the revenue, I'm also losing a certain percentage in taxes that I have to concern myself with. Because I'm essentially my own business. At least that's how I'm understanding it right now. I could be wrong. I'll I'll have to let you know once I, I yeah. get deeper into it. I'm not an expert just because I'm affiliated. Right. Like know that. But well, on that question though, I, I feel like we've we've kind of gone over it a lot in this in this last discussion. But would you say there's do you have any like specific like tips and tricks or like maybe just even if it's like a little minor thing that you would tell an aspiring streamer like how to get affiliated? If like say that's like there's someone else just like you out there right now that has that same goal that they're, they're all they're looking at right now is like, I just want to be affiliated, build a strong community, the same stuff. You do you have any other tips and tricks or advice you'd give them? Uh, start three podcasts and <laughs> learn to no the, um No, but the thing is that there's a lot of tips and tricks out there. OK, if you want like tips and tricks from people who are like partnered on how to get started, by all means, go look them up. I don't have any like secrets or keys or anything that's going to get you there fast tracked. But I think what really helped me was that doing podcasting so frequently, I'm very good at talking, even if it's to no one. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the tips you'll find is like learn how to talk about the game, even if there's no one in your chat, because there's one thing that's true about every Twitch streamer is that we all started at zero and you have to work your way up from there. Sometimes you can bring a community. Like if you're a YouTuber and you move over to Twitch, yeah. you can bring some of that community with you. Let them know, hey, I'm going to start live streaming on Twitch. If you're interested, hop on over, check me out. And you'll get a few uh, friends and family. I see a lot of people say, oh, get your friends and family to come into your stream and watch. And I don't know. I'm not necessarily against that idea, but I also feel like unless your friends and family are real genuine and want to like help further what you're doing, 
uh, and they're into what you're doing, then they're just going to end up being like people that are there. You know, it's they're not going to be engaging. They're yeah. not going to they're not going to give you what you're looking for out of an audience. Right. It's basically like having people. There are so many people that do the uh, they'll hop into Twitch chats and be like, follow for follow. And it's like that is the dumbest thing because what you're going to do is end up with a whole bunch of follows of people who are never going to be engaged yeah. in your stream. Right. Twitch is going to look at you and go, why do you have 500 followers but you can't maintain more than two people in chat? Uh, well. This this tells me something about you, right? Because <laughs> you'd like to think that your average in chat and the people who are following you are somewhat close. Right. Maybe not terribly close because I think we're we're almost at 100 followers, but we're definitely not at 100 people per per stream right that's not happening we have a lot of people who followed us years ago when we started streaming and you know maybe they forgot and they don't care and whatever the case may be i don't know but i don't don't follow for follow that's the biggest piece of advice i'm going to give you <laughs> don't follow for follow and don't break twitch etiquette by going into someone i had someone pop into one of my streams the other night and they went come check out my stream and for like the chat ignored them yeah. And I, I looked at it and I read it and I'm like, nah, dude, we're hanging here. Like, <laughs> am I concerned that anyone in my chat is going to be like, oh, this guy came in. I'm going to go check his stream. No, I'm not. Yeah. Because like I said, we've spent so much time building the community and I feel like yeah. the people that show at up. At that point, it's just annoyance. It's right. Just, it's just like, what are you doing? It makes, it makes you. You've lost all credibility with me. Yeah. Like when people follow my channel and I get the notifications, I go and I check their channel. Because they might be streaming something or playing games that I'm interested in. You know, I might want to follow them back. I'm not going to follow them back if they're not something I want to follow. Sometimes it's a bot. So then I can be like, oh, this is a bot. I have to go and make sure they're not ranking up tokens on my channel because I want only the human viewers right. ranking up points on my channel. So it's it as soon as you st stop in someone's stream and go, hey, come check out my stream and you're promoting in their stream. A, you're rude. B, You've lost all credibility with me. I don't right. care what you're streaming now. I'm not going to go check your channel. This this should, this is like a general rule for content creation in general. But like there is no problem with promoting and there's no problem with advertising your stuff. But like know your boundaries. Know there's a time and a place. Yes, there's a time someone else's stream is not that time or right. place. If you want to pimp your stream out on Twitter, by all means, go, go for, for it. it. You want to pimp it out on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I don't care what you want to do. Snapchat. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's all gonna, it is, right? You're gonna snatch your phone out of your hand and run away um, with it. Like, just you know, do sorry, your, I threw do you your off. own. No, it's just do your own marketing <laughs> in your own time. Don't don't go in and like if you the best way if you want to try and advertise yourself in someone else's stream is not to directly advertise yourself. It's hop in someone else's stream, engage the chat, talk to them right. about the game. Because then people go, oh, this guy is really cool. I wonder what he's streaming. Then they check you out that way. Right. Don't hop in there and be like, dude. Uh, I know you're in the middle of doing something, but how about you guys? That's like stopping at somebody's party and hey being guys, like, hey, come to my this party. Loser. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, other than that, it's just, when I said start three podcasts, it's kind of a joke and kind of not. Yeah. Because I feel like podcasting for so long, like I said, has given me the ability to just talk and talk about what I'm thinking and, you know, what my thoughts are on a game, talk to whoever's in the chat and just mention things in casual conversation because like people don't generally monologue their lives and sometimes you have to feel like that's what you're doing for a twitch stream yeah. so, so i think that's helped me a lot so you would say like maybe not like even if you were looking into like making twitch like your dream job whatever it is you're saying like maybe don't make twitch the only sort of content creation you're doing or if you're going to, find a friend or friends to play with. Right. Because then, like, if you're going to hop into a game, like, if you're someone who's sitting there like, I really want to play The Division. I want to play Tom Clancy's The Division. I love this game. I could sink hundreds of hours into it. And I have a few buddies that I play with regularly. Uh, okay, cool. So get those buddies together and stream. So that when people hop in, you're not being quiet. You're talking to your buddies. You know, uh, obviously keep an eye on your subject matter because you are <laughs> yeah. live on the Internet. Yep. But always remember a microphone might be on. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at least that way, it's something you have people there to keep you engaged, to keep you talking. So that way people don't hop in your stream and see you just running around in this game and not saying anything because, you know, attention spans have gotten very slim over the mm -hmm. last uh, decade amongst our generation. And those damn video games uh, it's you know people come in and they'll spend maybe six to 60 seconds watching you before they go i'm not watching this guy he's, he's really boring he's not entertaining at all um and a lot of people are concerned with 
scheduling. Okay, so here's one of the big tips that I used when uh, when I was starting out because I was looking up tips for like, if you're working a full-time job, how do you also manage Twitch? Because a lot of people will tell you, aside from the whole um, pick a game and stick to your niche, people will also tell you have a schedule. People need to know when they can see you live, which for some people that works. Yeah. Like I work set hours, so I'm able to set streaming hours. For some people, like when I was working at Duncan's, uh, or some people that work per diem, you don't know your schedule until the week before you start. Right, which so like you get your schedule Saturday for that following Sunday through Saturday. And other than, other than that, you have no idea when you're working. So I saw someone who their tip was have a Twitter. That's the same brand for your Twitch channel. And every week when you get your schedule, decide what days you're going to be streaming and what hours and pin a tweet to the top of your Twitter of these are the days and times I'm streaming. So that people who are following you on Twitter know when to expect you for that week. They're like, she's like, a lot of people are going to understand that we all have jobs and lives. You can't just assume everyone on Twitch is doing this professionally. Like people are aspiring to get somewhere. Some people are doing it professionally and bless them. (laughs) Someday I hope to be there. But, you know, that's not my my overall goal. My overall goal is just to build a community and have a great time. Right. And if we hit partnered, great. If we don't, you know, it's still fun. That's what it is. So. (sighs) But that's my thing is like have friends to play with. Make sure you can keep talking. Keep talking and no one explodes right. like the game. Practice talking, folks. If, yeah, if, it's awkward. It's, it's, it is a very awkward thing, especially when you first get into content creation. It's just it's one of those things like there is no practicing for it. There is no really preparing for it because once that it's a completely different feel. Like you can take all the notes you want. You could literally write out a fucking essay word for word of the things that, damn it, I've messed up my swear streak. You can write an essay on all the things that you want to say word for word in front of a microphone. And then the second you turn that microphone off, you get a completely different feeling in your head. It's just one of those things. And that's why I say like, there is no preparing for it until you just do it. And then you practice it, do it. And then you start learning. Okay. This is how this works. So I feel like practicing talking is just such an important thing for content creation. It is. And it's it's one of those things, especially if you're playing with friends, it's really embarrassing to when you start out because you feel goofy. Uh, like I said, with the um, intros for podcasts, right? Like you feel goofy being like, hey, everyone, welcome back. When you know you're this is like the first episode of my podcast, no one's listening to this. Right. And at the moment I'm recording, I'm not talking to anyone. Right. So like. It's awkward starting off and you're always like, oh, what if my roommate walks in and they're like, who are you talking to? And then you have to try and explain that you're talking talking to nobody because you think you're an Internet celebrity. Right. Or, you know, you feel like people are just going to call you and be like, you're full of crap. What are you what are you doing? This is stupid. And you you don't want to feel foolish. And like that's because that's the thing you have to overcome. You don't want to feel foolish because you don't want to ruin your confidence. And confidence is such a fickle fucking thing. I'm going to tell you right now. okay? um. Practice being comfortable being uncomfortable if you want to do anything in media creation. Right. So ways to do this. Okay. I saw a um, a really good TED Talk that recommended some things that I actually tried. So thing number one, uh, which I have done, a couple things actually that I have done that revolve around elevators. You ever stand in an elevator, right? Everyone, You walk into an elevator. You get to the back of the elevator. If there's no one on, you turn around, you face the door. And you stand there and you wait to get to your floor. I know where you're going with this, yeah. Try walking into an elevator and standing facing the back wall. <laughs> Walk into an elevator, face the back wall, do not move until you have reached your floor. The, the You can feel the gazes of everyone else who gets on the elevator. I'll tell you that right now. That is such an, in, that is such an interesting thing to do. Because it's just so out of place. And it forces you to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Alternatively, walk into an elevator full of people. When the door is closed and the elevator starts moving, look around and go, you're probably wondering why I've gathered you all here. <laughs> you have to say it seriously. You, it, it, that'll force You'll always you. get the one person who chuckles and everyone else who is like, who the hell is this guy? What does he, what does he think this is some sort of fun thing? Yeah, I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to work or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, right. But I've done that in hotels. I've done that at school. I've done that in business locations. Like I'm doing it at the next hotel. I'm doing. You need to. It's. I'm doing. I'm definitely fun. doing the walk-in, looking so, straight at the back. <laughs> great example, actually. Um, this last week, right? I was getting ready to go. Where was I going? I was either heading out for to do a lap around the parking lot to get my steps in for the day, or I was going to like use the bathroom or something. Either way, I get up out of my cube. And I was remembering my buddy Trent and how he used to always like aggressively like crab walk sideways out of a room. And it was so funny. So I decided I was going to aggressively crab walk out of the office. So I did. 
Okay, so there's like you walk in the the front door to our office area and you have to round a corner before you see the cubicles. So I'm coming up the side wall, crab walking aggressively like a madman, <laughs> uh, like a weirdo. Doesn't our HR woman round the corner? <laughs> I got the most genuine laugh. <laughs> okay, she's normally sits in an off her office that's separated from all the cubicles. Right. Doesn't really engage with us like she's HR, so yeah, she, you know, you she maintain, doesn't want to engage with you guys. You maintain the professional distance right. basically. But the I I was satisfied with myself for the rest of the day knowing that I had gotten a very genuine laugh out of her. Right. Or like all the goofy stuff we used to do in the drive-thru in Duncan's that I'm amazed I never got fired for. <laughs> like my Hulk Hogan impressions, my Schwarzenegger <laughs> impressions, my robotic impressions where I ran people through the entire like, welcome to the Dunkin' Donuts automated menu system. Please state your order now. And then you wait and you can see them on the camera like... <laughs> What's going on? Can I get a medium iced extra extra? And then you have to wait a few seconds as though it's processing. And Was that one medium iced extra extra? (laughs) Yes. Very good. Will there be anything else? Oh, you must have drove some people mad. Oh, my God. I (laughs) know. Let's see. The thing is, like people that I did that to. You, you can see like the slew of emotions that goes over them on the camera. And I'm, like, I'm not here to make people look goofy because like you're really only looking goofy to me. And right. what does that say? I'm talking like a robot. Exactly. At a Dunkin Donuts headset. <laughs> like I'm, this isn't candid camera. So but you can see this like the first initial panic of I had my order in my head. Now I completely forgot. Is this actually a robot? Is this a real thing? Is that something they implemented? What do I do? Is this someone like messing with me? And then they'll, they'll say their order. I run through the whole like bit. They get up to the window and I had a buddy of mine who was working with me. Shout out to Smurry that was running the window that day. And he's really good at just complete straight facing it. So he's straight faced and he's like, what do you think of our new menu system? And some people were like, that was actually really good. That worked really well. Um, <laughs> well, you did. People did. were really like no one, not one person I did this to came up to the window and went. All right. Who was that? <laughs> They all okay. I I may have fibbed a little bit. One person did, but that's only because of the way that I went about it. Right. Um. My cousin Neil pulled in, and like I'm always messing with him if he goes to drive through. So I did the automated thing, and I was like, "Please select your tone of voice now." And he didn't say anything. He couldn't think of what to say. He's like, "I knew it was I, I knew it was probably you, but I didn't know like what voice to pick." And I was like, "Default voice selected, California surfer." And then I switched to a, "Yeah, bro, what can I get for you?" <laughs> And I did the whole order that way. But it's like just goofy, stupid things. That's so funny. But like it's so it's so true because like it's so goofy, right? And it's fun. It's fun stuff. But like as you're saying, it puts you in a situation that it's going to force you to teach yourself how you would react in a situation like that. Is it raining hard outside? Why is it? Oh, great. So, yeah, it it helps you with your on the spot reaction, your improv and – it's also kind of like there was a philosophy. I forget if I got it from uh, the show Kung Fu with David Carradine or if I got it from <laughs> if I got it from somewhere else. Yeah. I think it was Kung Fu with David Carradine that um, the the philosophy of like I those kids are laughing at me and it's like, no, they're laughing at me, not with me. And it's like, does it matter? You still brought them laughter. Exactly. Like, it's really just a matter of get over yourself. Right. So I've just kind of tried to have that mentality in the back of my head of like, like when I did the whole crab walk thing, like, sure, did I look like a total ass? Probably. Probably did. Yes. Did it make our HR lady laugh? Absolutely. And that is worth it. Successful. Like if she can have a laugh, whether it's at my expense or, you know, with me, I'm happy about it. Like, and it was the same thing with dunks. Like we had some people that there was one time a woman comes through and um, I go, welcome to Dunkin' Donuts. What can we get for you? She says, uh, and pause for a second. And my snap reaction was, I'm sorry, we're all out of us. All we have are ooze. <laughs> because the donuts are shaped like O's. <laughs> yeah. And she stopped for a second and had, you know, like if somebody like hits you in the face with a foam dart, that instinctual reaction you get of like, I'm murdering someone. Right, right. But then you come back to your senses and you're like, wait, why did I just think that? So it was almost like that. Because <laughs> like I was, that was another day I was working with Smurry. We look at the, he's looking at the camera and he sees her face just like rage of like what did he just say and it took a second to process and it almost happened in slow motion because he looks at me and he goes she's gonna flip and kill you and all of a sudden she starts laughing and she's like oh i get it the donuts (laughs) 
I, I'm pretty sure we made like she came out. She's like, you guys made my day. And, and then, I'm but like, meanwhile, you're sitting there like, <gasps> oh no, I wasn't too concerned about it because he was running the window, oh, so he'd have okay, to deal with yeah, it. Anyway. <laughs> we have done some really dumb things, and I'm really impressed. But we, like, I feel even if it's at Dunks or even like wherever it is, in like. I don't want like look forcing yourself into uncomfortable situations can be a a t- tough thing to do not in the just the instance you're in an uncomfortable situation but also it's the the game of okay how much of this is an incom- uncomfortable situation and how much of this is too much you know what I mean like you don't want to go out there and throw yourself into somewhere you really really shouldn't be but in terms of content creation wise I think getting just getting over yourself and learn not being it's not necessarily being more goofy, but just being getting over yourself and being more able to be open and let yourself go. Yeah. Talk and improv is such an important thing because it, it teaches it teaches you not only so much about yourself, but so much about how others view you and how people around you view you and how you can use that and put it towards an audience or put it towards how you want to build an audience or build your gimmick, build your, build your personality. A lot of it is like, you know, when you, we were talking a little bit about growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets and the fixed mindset people. If you're going to be someone who like, I always have to look cool at what I'm doing. I have to look like I'm really good at it. You're never going to get anywhere because anytime you try to do something new, you're going to be garbage at it to start. And if you're not willing to be foolish, to admit you don't know things. I think that's one of the things when uh, when Mike Hennessy came down and was helping us set up for the band 19 interviews and he had asked someone, he's like, he set up a lighting rig for an interview section on one side of the studio. Right, right. And he goes, I need someone to set up the same thing on the other side of the studio. Who wants to? No one said anything. And I'm like, I'll do it. And he was like, cool. And I was like, I got a little bit into it and I'm looking at all the equipment and I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> so then I, I looked at Mike and I was like, Mike, I still want to do this. But I'm not entirely sure. Like, I don't want to break anything. And I, I'm i not exactly yeah. sure of exactly what you did. Right. Like, I watched you do it. It's not that I wasn't paying attention. It's just that, like, I don't know if I can adequately rep- recreate that. Can you give me a hand? And he was more than happy, more than willing to. Right. right? Like, it was more important to me that I figured out how to do it proper and right. do it right than that I was able to just do it. Exactly. Right. So, cause it's not like he was employing me. It's not like something that I claim to know how to do. And then I get shown up as being an idiot and doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Right. So, but being open to failure, I think is another it's, big thing. And like in one of those things, and as someone who like, I would say I struggle with that and a lot. And there's like a certain things. Cause I came, I've kind of grown up. I don't want to say as the smart kid, but grown up as someone who like, I kind of always been able to figure out how to do things. I've always been able to like figure shit out for myself, but it's one of those things that even I'm still in that same mindset. Whereas at the same thing, you don't want to look foolish. You don't want to look stupid, but don't worry. Like getting take, do it. Thinking like that is going to take away more opportunities from you than it is going to give you opportunities. Absolutely. And that's like, and it's one of the things that I've had to work on so much for myself. It's just like getting over how getting over that idea of people thinking I'm foolish because eventually I'd rather people think I know what I'm doing than think like, Oh, this kid, he might know what he's doing. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of people will tell you like fake it till you make it. And I'm more of the, like, I let people know up front. Like when I got my internship with AOTV, I'm like, I'm probably going to ask you a thousand stupid questions, but hopefully I'm only going to have to ask each question once because then I will know the answer. And I think that's like the per. and honestly, I think that's the perfect way to go into things. Cause like, that's how I go into things. Like, you know, be upfront and ask all the questions. Cause that, if you ask all the questions now, you won't have to ask them six months from now. Right. That's the goal. Cause that's, that's the worst. All right. If you like get into a job and you kind of fake your way through the first like six months to a year of it. And then all of a sudden a question like something comes up and you feel like, oh, no, they probably think I know how to do this. How do I ask for help now? I can't. Now I just seem foolish. Now I seem like they're going to be like, why did we hire you if you don't know how to do this? You've been here for how long? Right. And like then you feel like I can't ask for help. Not only do you feel foolish, you feel like an asshole. Right. (laughs) Like, why didn't you tell me this or ask me this like a year ago? Why don't you say anything, bring anything up when it first occurred or something like that? And that's like, well, So, you know, I just rather be upfront and be like knowingly bad at something off the bat and get my advice and my tips from the people that know what they're doing yeah. so that I can kind of work off of it. I that. don't know why, but I think it's just a stigma of today's world that like being wrong or being incorrect is like such a like, look, obviously being wrong is not like a great thing, but being wrong and incorrect now is being treated like if you're wrong, incorrect, you're going to get you're going to get burned at the stake and freaking you're going to get hung in Times Square, like stone at Times Square. Right. Whereas 
I feel like it should be more of if you're wrong, it, the stigma should be if you're wrong, let's try and make sure people understand they're wrong and learn how to do things right. Because now people, it, it, I, especially in the sports world, in the sports industry, this is why I'm kind of relating to this, is that journalists like will like or like people come out with a prediction right? And they'll have that, they'll get it wrong and they'll have that held over them for the rest of their career. No matter how minor it is, how major it is. They'll like, they'll be talking about like, well, remember that time that you predicted Tom Brady was going to fall off and you didn't? You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And like, I feel like that's today's stigma of the world. And it might have to do like a little bit of spending too much time on social media, but I feel it's like just such a bad stigma that we have in the world today of being like, if you're wrong, you're going to hear about it and you're going to hear about it for the rest of eternity. And it's just, that's why I feel so many people have that mindset now of being like, I'm not going to do something or I'm not going to ask questions or ask for help because I don't want this person to turn against me and think that I'm an idiot or hold this against me for the rest of my being, you know? And it's just, it's my big thing is like, I'm okay with being wrong with a lot of different things. And I was listening to a great podcast the other day that was talking about cognitive dissonance or our ability to reason ourselves through things so that we're not wrong kind of a deal. And they had brought up a really good point with, um, on a large scale, George W. Bush. We go to war with Iraq for weapons of mass destruction. Find out there's no weapons of mass destruction. He comes back and says, well, no, we're actually bringing freedom to to the people of Iraq, Afghanistan. And a lot of people are like, he's just finding BS to cover it up. And they were talking about how interesting it is that, like, honestly, he probably wasn't lying. He probably seriously believes that right. because that's what cognitive dissonance does. Your brain will reason you through, okay, well, my initial reasoning was wrong, but I'm not wrong. I can't be wrong. I'm a good person. And then you start reasoning with yourself, okay, well, there was another reason we went into this. Right. And that's what kicks in. And I think people have that with uh, with a lot of things that they're not okay with being wrong. And a lot of it's just like, I think, instinctual human reaction. Right. Because of what being wrong could have meant ages and ages ago. We're still living in our lizard brains. <laughs> yep. You know, fight or flight and all that other kind fight of crap. Fight or flight like, is a whole other thing I can have a rant on, but that's for another day. But I thought it was interesting. Started looking up a bunch of different uh, – when we talked to Josh Foreman, he was talking about uh, he wanted to do something on cognitive biases. And I, so I started looking up. I looked up a list of cognitive biases. And wow, first off, there's a long list. <laughs> Some of them are things I didn't know they had names for. Uh, I don't have any specifically off the top of my head, but like I'm just going through and I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, this explains a lot. So do you, it's, it's an interesting do thing. Do you still have the link to that? Or? It's just on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. If you Google search list of cognitive biases, then you'll find it. Right. So I thought it was interesting. It's yeah. an interesting read for anyone into it, uh, for anyone that's into it. I don't say interested enough. I feel time. like we've we've been going on oh, an yeah. interesting conversation That's, for a while um, here. We kind of just I don't like I don't really quite remember where we started. I kind of but we kind of just went. <laughs> I like it. We I was thinking about that the other day actually, and I was like, I feel like we trailed away from what we intended this podcast to start as because it was starting as we were just talking about our struggles getting started as a content creator. We brought a few people on here and there. And then all of a sudden we decided we needed to be like tutorials and how to's and let's right. like, let's do this and help people. Right. Which is great in itself, but it's also, I think we had not, the right idea. It's not what we started this podcast right. for. And I think that's a lot of why we've had such trouble recently thinking of like good show ideas. Cause we're trying to produce a how to show rather than just our right. struggles as content. We creators. had the right intention, but we didn't. We had the right intention because we were trying to improve the podcast, but we, right. we we were still in the sense of what we were doing was actually the what we were supposed to be doing. Ah, I feel we needed a good episode like this, you know, you know, get us yeah, back into the game. Yeah, it's a good time. We only have, how many episodes do we do a season again? 14. 14, so we have five more episodes? Did yep. my math right there? Yeah, because we are on episode nine right now. Yeah. So we've got five more. Four more technically because episode five, episode 14 of season two is going to be our recap. Right, right, right. And we're going to figure things out from there. So we'll probably do another like take a break and then season three, uh, figure out what we want to do, come up with some ideas and do a little bit more pre-planning. Yeah. But that, we'll cover that in the uh, recap episode. I'll take some notes and we'll get things together. All but right. uh I think that's all the time we've got for today. Yeah. So I, we had we had some other topic that we wanted to get into, but maybe we'll save it for another day. Save that for next week. Oh, yeah, maybe. There we go. Alrighty. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week with another AV Underground. Uh, if you have thoughts or concerns about things you'd like us to talk about, uh, things that maybe we have some say in, uh, what it's been like for us, you got questions for us, whatever it is, uh, you can either head over to yadudegamers.com and check that contact page. We've got, uh, you can just send us an email that way, or you can email us directly at yadudegamers 
at sorry yeah dude gamers at gmail.com i'm thinking like our twitter and instagram or hit us up on twitter and instagram you know whatever it is reach out let us know what's uh what's going on what you'd like to know maybe you've got some struggles you want to share by all means reach out if you think you deserve you want to be on the show you got something valuable to say hit us up we can always uh we do some interviews through discord we've done it before it can happen so other than that thank you guys so much again for listening we'll catch you again in the next episode until next time keep creating see ya AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is Nine to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yeahdudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Wasson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.